Welcome to the CFB Dynasty Podcast with hosts Matt Knowles, Brian McElfresh, and Doug Gravely. Hey everybody, how you doing out there in college fantasy football land? It is semifinals week in the playoffs. That means there's only four teams left in your league. If you're one of those lucky four, you're scouring those lineups hoping to be able to get to the championship. Or if you're like BMAC and Doug, you're sitting at home and you're sobbing because you're not in the playoffs anymore. On that note, BMAC, Doug, how are you guys doing this week? Oh, man. The intensity of setting your lineup in a week like this, especially when there's the the conflict of cupcakes in your roster. So you got Alabama playing Chattanooga. Or do you start someone else uh, from a different team that'll probably play the full game? And uh, it creates some interesting uh, lineup decisions. And uh, yeah, I won't have to face the intensity, sadly, this this year in the home league but man man is it intense and fun at the same time so doug what about you i know we talked about last week that this is a uh a different time for you because we always joke about you being in second place and you're not there how does it feel after one week of being on the outside looking in and watching all the craziness happen for other teams were you able to live vicariously through them or did you just like turn it off and go play golf man i don't live through nobody fool um, <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I don't know, it's been kind of, been kind of fun in a way to not be in it really. Um, and be competing for an actual decent draft pick <laughs> for a change. Um, especially since I've got, you know, you know, one of my top fantasy performers in the last couple of years, Bo Nix is leaving. So I got to find a way to replace that and having a more, you know, having a better pick will be nice. But, um, Man, it's been kind of fun. I'm, I've been talking to Brian a lot, and I'm like looking forward and already kind of started planning for 2024. This is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I love that about our league. I don't remember Matt when we added this or where the idea came from, but just to get more people involved during the playoffs because you don't want like half your league to just okay, my season's over, uh, neglect the playoffs and not even see who wins or whatever. Um, we've got the, the Slack channel popping in our league um, for good or for bad. We've got, um, you know, everybody has a matchup this week for playoff seating. And I love how that was done. So if you're out of the, if you've already been knocked out of the playoffs or if you were, uh, didn't make it to the playoffs this week, everyone's got a matchup. Um, the last two teams in our league are playing for the number one pick. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so on and so forth. But I, uh, yeah, the reason we do that at the, uh, the idea for bowl games actually came from another league that I'm in MVP, but to have it be for playoff seating is something that's unique to CFB. Right. And, uh, we do that so that that way, if you're a team that's on the bottom of the standings, you could conceivably go, Oh, and 14, Oh, and 20, however your sister, your league is set up. You still have to win at the end. You still are going to be rewarded for winning. You're not going to be rewarded for losing. And that makes it where even in week 12, you may have been knocked out of the playoffs five weeks ago and you still have a game that's going to matter. So all 12 teams in our league playing this week, next week is just going to be the championship and everybody's got a chance this week, which I think is great. Yeah. I love the fact that you can't just like, you know, drop the league for, for a player, you know what I mean? For the first pick, it's, it's nice that you have to play for it. 
So yep, yeah, super fun, super fun, and it makes uh makes the whole league uh intense here this week for for the second to last week of the year. So hey, if you're out there on Discord, if you're watching the podcast, send us a note. Let us know what do you do. Is there anything that your league does to try and keep? everybody involved and engaged at the end of the season similar to how we do the bowl games uh let us know because it may be something we might want to implement it might be something another league might want to implement but jump on and let us know what you guys do as well so uh we're going to jump right now just we're just going to go straight into the top standout performances from last week doug i'm going to let you jump in and take this who were the standout performances in week 11 in college right. fantasy football well Jordan McLeod for JMU, um, two weeks in a row, actually. Um, he's put together quite a nice season over there for them. Um, so he's been kind of fun to watch. I actually watched that game, which was which was pretty pretty fun to watch. I like those little games sometimes. Um, then you got John Paddock, quarterback for Illinois. An Illinois quarterback, number what? two. Number two, my friend. And then you got Nicholas Vidiato. I'm going to say it like that because how I feel like saying it like that. So quarterback from Middle Tennessee with 48. Brendan Soresby, quarterback from Indiana with 48. And then Hudson Card, a guy that I dropped last season, um, <laughs> coming in with 43 points. So this week was a little different for the stand-up performance. I usually stick with players in that score in the 50 range, but, man, there was only two. Like there was not and that's a lot crazy of too, dynamic that it was, performances this this last week. So yeah, it's it's all quarterbacks as well. Normally you've got a running back that jumps up and does something insane, or a wide receiver with four touchdowns, but it was it was all quarterbacks uh, this week. So that's very yeah. interesting. I'll throw out some other ones. I don't know how this one was missed, but Jaden Daniels went for sixty six in some leagues. I think our league it was like seventy. Yeah, I don't know why he wasn't in there. In there. Dylan Gabriel goes for 64. Drake Stoops goes for 44. Milrow had a great game uh, going for 43. Cody Schrader goes for 43. Teron Keith for Bowling Green running back goes for 43. Damian Martinez for 42. And then freaking killing me, Marvin Harrison, of course, three touchdowns, goes for 41 points. Three touchdowns in the first half. And uh, yeah, just just crushes me. But anyways, those are some of the other ones. All right, so uh, we've talked about. We'll just make it really quick here. We are we are in the semifinals in the two leagues that we support, which is the CFB Dynasty Home League, the CFB Dynasty Open League. The top four in the Open League, you got JT Petkoff versus the number one seed, Oaktown 510, Embrooks 24-23 versus Saucy Dossie. So the interesting thing there is both JT Petkoff and M. Brooks had upsets. They were the number five and number six seeds, and they both won in upset fashion to get to the semis. So congrats. Looking beat forward downs, to some great too. games. Yeah. Like Joe, Uncle Joe got beat by 50 and scared money don't make money. Got beat by like 60. Mm. So it's going to be some interesting, uh, interesting matchups there in the open league to see who gets to the, the first ever open championship. Now switching over to the home league. The home league was interesting this past week. You know, right now we have uh, Mike Davis, who's the number one seed in this league. One of the cool things we do to give the ultimate potential benefit to the number one seed, they get a call out 
who their opponent is going to be in the semis. Mike Davis decided he was going to throw down the gauntlet, flipped a coin, and decided to pick me as his opponent. So Mike Davis thinks I'm going to be the easy out to get to the championship. I put that up on my bulletin board. My boys know it. And uh, we'll see what happens this week. And then in the other battle, you've got Gordy, who's the uh, Gordy is the guy we talked about. Gordy is so dedicated to this league. He's the one that actually had the idea at the beginning for this league. This dude literally drafted from the hospital bed one year after having a heart attack. He called his wife and said, bring me my draft pad. Gordy doesn't draft from the computer. He literally has his yellow pad of paper, literally had his wife bring his draft stuff up so he could draft from the hospital bed. That's how dedicated this guy is. Gordy versus Josh Speed Reed. If you look at those four teams, BMAC, Doug, since I'm in it, um, I'll, re I'll recuse myself from this. But if you look at those four rosters, to me, I'm like, anybody can take it. Those are four stacked rosters who do you see who do you think has the edge in our home league when it comes to just the overall rosters yeah i'll, I'll throw it up on the screen we can break these down real quick and let's uh take a look let's see if i can zoom in a little bit here to make it easier um all right so we've got matt as nc state versus ruskers mike davis um uh, the quarterback matchup uh, is interesting. UCLA's got a really good defense. Did you know they're talking about firing? Like it's pretty likely that Chip Kelly's going to get fired yep. at UCLA this year. Yeah, that, that's they're saying after this game. Wow, that's nuts, man. Uh, but yeah, Braylon Allen, who's been pretty crappy of late, they're playing against Nebraska. Uh, and then Judkins, obviously, going against UL Monroe. Um, and then Matt Scott Hampton in a tough matchup at Clemson and LaDamian Webb there. Um, got Neighbors against Georgia State, Adunze against Oregon State, and Conception against Matt. Um, <laughs> I don't feel good. I don't feel I don't like that at all, but. <laughs> Um, Cephas is a fantastic start. Corley is a fantastic start. Um, and then two injured running backs who haven't played in a bit, Darius Taylor and Ashton Genty head to head. Uh, this is a tough one. I don't love either lineup in terms of matchups here. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game and it's going to depend on which, I think one of you guys will have a Neighbors and a Dunze, Cephas, or Corley. One of those guys will go off and determine the champ. And it could be Webb. It could be Judkins. But um, I don't love the, either one. I think it's going to be more in the in the 150s, 160s. Um, which is about where my team capped out on the year. Well, well, I love I love the fact that the week starts off with him leaving a twenty-seven point running back and Samson Evans on the bench. That that I don't I, I don't want to have a starting off on a Tuesday where he's got a twenty-seven nothing lead um, before we even get to the weekend. So I'm glad that he decided that he needed to just sit for him. Yeah, and then in the other matchup, Josh Reed against uh, Oh Gordy. I think. Um, Man, Gordy has really good matchups across the board other than Ali. That's kind of a tough matchup. But I, I like still starting Ali. Jaden Daniels is going for a Heisman. Speed's team has been really good, though. 
Um, I just I think Gordy's going to win because the matchup. I think I think one thing about Gordy's roster. I was looking at it yesterday. I don't understand how he's got such an incredibly strong yet also injured tight end room. You want to talk about a guy that is just bad luck. Brant Keithy out for the year. Aronde Gadsden out for the year. But he's still starting a guy that had 15 points last week. I know. That's crazy, dude, because tight end has been probably as weak as it's been in recent memory, and he's got no all those studs on his team. He's also got Matthew Golden out for the year. Eric McAllister in the transfer portal. Brew McCoy out for the year. And the guy is still in the semis. So you want to talk about a guy that knows how to draft? What a freaking roster. So Doug, I'll go, I'll go with um let's see. I'll go with both upsets. I'll take Matt and Josh Reed as winners. And if you want to bet against me on those. We can put a round of golf on the line if you're in for that. But I will. Uh, I, I like both upsets here. I will go against you on that because honestly, I think Gordy is my favorite to win it again this year. To be honest, cool. he's got he's got Daniels at quarterback who seems to just put up sixty to seventy points a week, and mm-hmm. it's kind of hard to overcome that. I mean, that could be the difference, that, honestly. That, if that if quarterback Reed, is nuts, yeah, yeah. Well. We can get into um, what do we have next? We have injuries next. Yeah, man. So, yep. Yeah, news and news. You guys hear it here first. So, All Doug, right. basically, what you're saying is you just decided to give BMAC a, a free round of golf because I remember from the summer you guys had your little bet, and I feel like BMAC won every one of those rounds when it came to you guys going to that one football game. So, uh, are you going to just keep it consistent and just have BMAC be undefeated and all these things that you guys are betting on? Well, at the end of the day. I will beat him at golf eventually. Um, <laughs> that's the that's so the mindset. I figure, I figure the more I play, the better my chance gets. So hey, that's the way to think about it, man. I, that's that's a good perspective. I'm there. not gonna tell everybody it's like one for fifty, but I'll be like, guys, listen, I, I just beat him. So and hey, again, if you're out there on Discord, you're watching on po- on uh, on YouTube, you're listening on a podcast network. Let us know if you have any kind of interesting matchups in your semis and your final fours in your league. We want to see what uh what what's happening in your leagues. Do you have anyone that looks like this is going to be a bully beatdown, or does it look like it's going to be like this past week for me, where I had to go to overtime of the UNC Duke game. Myself and my opponent, Mike Dillingham, both had guys on the UNC offense, and we had to go to overtime to see who won that game. Great when that happens, although it makes you want to just go throw up because it's so so nerve-wracking because the game could have changed on any given moment. Anyways, that's our semifinal preview for the Open League and the Home League. So, uh, BMAC, does that mean it's time for the news and notes? News and notes around college football. All right, y'all. So news and notes. Not a lot of uh, not a lot today, um, but some bigger ones for sure. Uh, DeCorian Clark, receiver UTSA. We talk about him all the time, but he's getting he's finally getting knee surgery. But UTSA is expecting him to be back to play for them next season. So um, he's going to follow so long to get. He's going to follow in Harris's footsteps and be a seven year guy at UTSA. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be fine. But I don't know. I don't know what took him so long to finally come up with that determination to finally get surgery. I don't know. Um, Jaden Rashada, 
quarterback Arizona State is now taking part in team practices after his injury. He hasn't played since I think like week two or three. So um, it would be good to see him back. Antonio Williams, receiver out of Clemson, out again this week. Um, like I said last week or the week before, they said that potentially we won't see him till a bowl game. So um, Kavorian Barnes, running back from UTSA, will remain the starter. They said he was able to play last week, but they held him out just to give him another week. So he is the starter this week. Jacob Cowing, receiver Arizona, got knocked out of the game last week, um, but he is expected to play. Um, and then you've got Tyler Van Dyke, quarterback Miami, who sealed the win for Florida State last week with that costly interception, is listed as the starter. Um, so maybe if you have the defense he's playing against, you might want to start him. It could be fun. And then you've got Zachary Franklin, Ole Miss. This is some crazy news, fellas. He did not play last week. His decision not to play, and he may not be with the team any longer. It's unknown. So it's kind of a hush-hush over there. Like, we don't really know what's going on with him. So, I mean, how do you feel? A kid that was a fantasy freak the last couple years, made a good name for himself, now he's doing this. Like, this is crazy to me. (sighs) Well, and the thing, too, is you think about the way the transfer portal is now. It's not like you can say, I'm not with the team. I'm going into the portal. I'm just going to go play somewhere else next year. If he wants to go somewhere else next year, he's going to have to sit a year now because they've, they've, they're have they've starting to do some course correction on the portal. So seems like a very peculiar move unless there's some real big uh, discord happening behind the scenes at Ole Miss. What do you think, could B-Mac? It would be a just – saving himself for a draft or whatever at this point. Yeah, I've got no inside info on this one, and uh, it's a weird situation for a guy that all offseason, without knowing about his uh, health issues, you know, he was a top 10 receiver. Well, not when he transferred to Ole Miss, but, you know, he was all last year a a staple at the top of our weekly fantasy rankings. And, uh, now he's he's kind of worthless. All right. Now we got Mikey Keene, quarterback for Fresno. He's questionable with minor concussion symptoms. Um, so maybe a headache. I don't know. Um, then you got Tyler Shuck, <laughs> quarterback from Texas Tech. Still not ready to return. So those of you that are in the playoffs fantasy-wise, um, hopefully you have some other quarterbacks put in his spot because he's not looking promising. Then C.J. Donaldson, running back for West, or yep, West Virginia, not practicing yet. He hurt his uh, apparently his leg in the last game. John Emery, I saw this one with Danny, um, tore his ACL in that game against, or with I saw this one with Brian, tore his ACL in that game against uh, Florida. It looked pretty rough. Listen, no contact. Boom, kind of went down. And then Deontay Thornton, wide receiver out of Tennessee, out for the rest of the season. And then Jonathan Brooks, running back for Texas. Huge news, huge news, um, because he's been great. Torn ACL, he's out as well. So those of you, if you got Cedric Baxter sitting on the on the burner, yeah, might be absolutely. a great time to start him. Absolutely. And one other one other bit of news 
Part of the reason we put the blue Smurf turf in the background, for the first time since joining FBS in 1996, Boise State has fired their coach in season. Boise State is not used to being in a situation where they're fighting just to be bowl eligible. Uh, with the talent that that team had to start the year, um, having McAllister go to the transfer portal, having Genty, um, be injured the last couple weeks. It's just really crazy to see a team like Boise State as underperforming as they are. But that's why we got the Smurf turf up there. Boise State fired their coach on Sunday. Interim coach now. Let's see if they can get it turned around. Before we get all the way into the rankings, I put quarterbacks up on the screen. Um, I want to talk real quick about the path and thinking about 2024, um, you know, quarterback and other position rankings. And how bizarre it is. Like, if you remember where you were or how you felt about some of these players a couple years ago, consider a Bo Nix, who's uh, essentially QB two or three on the year and a Heisman front runner. Consider Michael Penix, who couldn't stay healthy at Indiana. Um, and then um, let's go down. Let's see where are we at here. Uh Penix, and then there was at least another one up there. Well, you got a DJU um, at 22. Yeah, but anyways, those two specifically are dominant in fantasy right now, and they were lost. So if you think about what we're going to be doing with projecting players in 2024 rankings, the portal is so different um, and how it affects you know, college football in general, but definitely college fantasy. So um, a player going into the the right system, uh, you think about uh, Graham Mertz too, Wisconsin to Florida. He mm -hmm. was uh, dead in the water and nobody liked that move. I think it's kind of the end of the bad take when it comes to projecting how a player is going to do or not do at a different system. Because in some cases it might just be uh, a breath of fresh air or just getting into the right system. And then you see the opposite effects. You think of like, Oh, Tyler Van Dyke after his freshman year was like uh first round NFL pick uh, probable at that point. And now a couple coaches or a couple OCs later, not so much. And uh, you know, might get benched. And so it's tough out there with the portal and how it's changed everything. Any comments on, on that? I think uh, I think you look at two guys that are, are near and dear to my heart in the same exact note. Uh, Devin Leary transfers to Kansas, or Kentucky, excuse me, and um, he was mentioned as one of the best quarterbacks in college football when he was at NC State prior to last season. And um, I'm going to be surprised to see him get drafted. If so, he'll maybe get drafted in the later rounds. Grayson McCall, same thing. Um, Grayson McCall has been a complete non-factor. I don't think we have even talked about Grayson McCall one time on the show during this season. Um, two guys that were top names in college football, um, that whether it be transfer portal or new coaches coming in, new coordinators coming in, it's just so crazy seeing how guys like that just can disappear off the radar after uh, doing basically the reverse Joe Burrow. This is the season of the year coming up where you've got uh, the, you know, all the decommitments that are going to happen. Um, and, you know, the early signing period, early in December, you've got the portal opening up. 
and it is and the playoff and all that stuff happening it's gonna be crazy over the next month mm-hmm. to to five weeks all the shift or the shuffling that's gonna happen in terms of rosters and we'll do our best obviously as we uh get our 2024 depth charts uh started and all that stuff but yeah anyways you got other people like milro who's like a prime fantasy starter now going against chattanooga they're going to try and keep that momentum going he's put up 50 and 53 the last couple weeks but um a lot of uh starts like that this week where it's gonna be tough you know if you're choosing michael Penix with a much tougher uh game did you know they're actually uh oregon state's favorite to win against washington Mm -hmm. which is Um, crazy crazy (laughs) Yeah. Um, so if you had to choose uh, there, Penix, Milrow, or Austin Reed, where are you going to go? I 100% am going to go Austin Reed, and here's why. Milrow is probably going to play two quarters in that game. He might not get a whole lot of stats because it could be running backs, could be whatever. Um, Western Kentucky, even though they're playing Sam Houston, I think you're going to see. I think you're going to see Western Kentucky trying to drop seventy, and then they're going to put some people uh, pull some people off the bench. Um, so I think Austin Reed has a big chance of uh, of being the guy with the most stats in that out of those three. What about you, Doug? I'd roll with Penix. I don't think I have a a doubt in my mind about it of the three. I mean, mm-hmm. somebody that's been averaging what forty something points a game the last three weeks. I mean, uh, yeah, they're projected to win, but I think it's just because Oregon State's at home and they're ranked, and that's usually how it works to me. So I, I I haven't seen anything from Oregon State that makes me think Washington can't score. So yeah, they're still projected to score thirty one. So it's it's a, it'll be they're more than likely going to be really similar in terms of output. But uh, yeah, we'll see how that one plays out. So um, back. why don't we roll over to running backs now? I know we talked about some cues since we're already in the uh, the rankings. Let's roll back to running backs. Let's take a look. Yeah, all right. So we've got Genty up there at one. He's been incredible. He's been hurt, though, and hasn't played. So we'll see. Holani's oh, done Holani. Oh, Holani. Solid. So he appears down there. Um, not an elite start if, uh, if Genty doesn't play, but he's still a really good start this week. He's gone for 23 and 27 the last two weeks. And Boise State, even without a coach, is favored to win against Utah State there. Um, some other, other like there's some insane spreads over here for like, you know, Judkins and Ole Miss against UL Monroe. But you've just got to kind of project he's likely to play a half. Maybe he'll get a couple long touchdowns in the first half, though. Um you know, obviously, UL Monroe is 123rd against the past, 101st against the rush. Um, and then you've got others like, you know, if you've got any Missouri players, just find them and play them against uh, Florida's pitiful defense there. Um, Watson's been on a tear. And, and Missouri's running back is solid. <laughs> yeah, goes for 40 last week. Schrader is really good. Really good. But, um, and, and, uh, and Penny, Penny Boone, hey. Penny Boone looked really good the other night. I was uh, really impressed with uh, some of the stuff he was doing. Um, so I got a couple questions for you guys. So do you have any pause about starting Ollie Gordon 
after UCF completely shut him down last week. 12 carries for 25 yards and a 45 to 3 loss against UCF. Were you guys surprised that UCF was able to bottle up this guy that has just been tearing through college defenses? I was surprised that they only scored three, but man, UCF, even over the last couple of years, they play with a different mindset sometimes. Like, it's weird to me as a team, like when they want to win, like you can tell they it's it's just weird. And it's not to say that they don't want to win every week, but like <clears throat> it's when they feel like playing together, that team plays really good together. So it doesn't surprise me that he didn't have as good of a game, but I wouldn't have seen anything less than like 12, 13 points. But yeah, Malzahn is really good in those scenarios. Um Oklahoma State was kind of in a – they were due to have one of those uh, letdown games, as, you know, coming off an emotional win and all that kind of stuff that you you just kind of expect that um, at some point. Um, but I didn't expect him, to, expect him to be like that bad. And Ollie Gordon just get totally shut down by UCF. It was a tight – uh, tight point spread and they just got absolutely beat down so no i i didn't expect it and so um i think you'll see uh ollie gordon have probably an average game this week which for him it's about 25 fantasy points all right so uh What'd you think about Damian Martinez jumping up last week and having an enormous performance? He's had a pretty rough year. Last year, Damian Martinez looked like he was going to be probably one of the top 10 running backs in college fantasy. Uh, has not been that way this year, but last week he dropped, what, 44 points? Yeah, I think we had him in the teens or high teens or maybe maybe low 20s, somewhere in there. But yeah, he's been pretty average uh, or below average for his standard then goes for 44 last week so um uh, against washington this week oh man that is gonna be tough uh to see if he can kind of keep that going i i would start him um more often than not like uh he's still a top 25 start this week so if you've got him you're likely starting him all right, well, good stuff. Why don't we roll on over to the wide receivers, BMAC? Let's take a look at some of these rankings you got for the wide receivers this week. Yep, neighbors number one. You can't sit him. He's so good. Um, that's the stack of the year for sure. Marvin Harrison's been picking it up. Like He's uh, rightfully in the, the mix for Heisman. Um, Troy Franklin, a uh, big mismatch. Uh, you know, against Arizona State, he'll be uh, tough to guard for any of those DBs. You've got Trey Harris, CJ Daniels, like just mismatches across the top. You know, eight, you got some awesome, awesome lineups there. And then there's kind of a tier. And then you go down to like a, a Drake Stoops, Colin Lacey, um, who's who's kind of cooled it a little bit. Um, still getting a lot of targets, but cooled over the last. Uh, you know, stretch run, which is really why people like me are not in the playoffs right now. He goes for 13, then he goes for eight last week. Um, Donovan McCulley, he's been picking it up. Like, he's someone to watch. Um, Doug kind of pushed him up in the rankings. He's gone for 20, 15, and 31. 
Um, and then Horton, it's kind of like a do up scenario. He's due to have a really good game, but you know, he's, he's another one of my guys. Where it could happen. Yeah, yeah, he is. But he's gone for seven, eleven, and six. But that wouldn't shy me away from starting him. And then Burden, start him, no matter what. Mm-hmm. All right, so I got so a, Brian, I got a start him sit him question. I got a start him sit him question right. for you guys because I've got four receivers in the top twenty three rankings this week. I've got um, Joshua Cephas at eight, Malachi Corley at sixteen, Eric Amanor. Or at Ella Yomanor at 22 and Pafeli Ashlock at 23. If you guys had to eliminate one of those four, who would you eliminate? You've got Cephas playing at home versus South Florida. You've got Corley playing at home versus Sam Houston. Amanor playing at home versus Cal and Ashlock playing away at Wyoming. I'm probably going to roll with your top 20, top three of the 23. Same. Um, yeah. I'm Ashlock, Ashlock. I think. Sometimes Wyoming's defense can surprise you, man. So, yep. and I know I just know yeah. that by watching uh, Harrison Whaley quite a bit from him being on my team. Sometimes Wyoming's defense can look pretty tough, man. Yep. Yeah, I, I can tell you that's that's where I'm at right now. Um, part of the reason why and I remember a couple of years ago when Hawaii went to Wyoming and played the Hawaii players. This is when Shevin Cordero was playing for Hawaii. The Hawaii players couldn't even hold on to the ball. They couldn't even catch the ball. The weather in Wyoming, those Hawaii guys just they they was it was unbelievable watching them not even be able to perform in the cold of Wyoming. So I feel like unless I've got someone else that's not gonna play, um, I think Ashlock stays on the bench for that reason because I just don't think the weather is gonna cooperate for a Hawaii team playing all the way up there in Wyoming. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, we should have talked about the weather a little bit more often. It, I guess there's a slight chance of snow, but probably not. Um, and it's a more than a nine-hour flight um, from Hawaii to Wyoming. It's, uh, <laughs> it's not the best scenario for a wide receiver, I don't think. Uh, and that's not even yet factoring in that Wyoming defense, like Doug talked about it. So, yep, I'm rolling with your top three, uh, the top three that we have them as they are in the rankings. All right, good stuff, good stuff. So, BMAC, do you want to talk tight ends at all this week, or do you want to just move straight on? Uh, No, I think I think it's, man, status quo. I'll like, talk about it. Brock Bowers is back. There you go. He's back. Yep, got a <laughs> touchdown. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of status quo. It's been uh, a boring position. Um, only uh, a couple players have really uh, been great this year, and the only yeah, one all the really... all the injuries have been brutal. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, it, I mean, Brock Bowers is back, and he's pretty much the main tight end that's going to get talked about every week across any platform, really. So. All right, well, there we go. That's the, uh, that is the quick rankings look. Um, if you are subscribed to CFBDynasty.com and uh, you are an annual subscriber, you have the ability to get back and look at those rankings and do your own sorts and your own searches. Otherwise, the only chance you got to look at these rankings is right here on this podcast. So um, looks like we have a question from the Discord. Doug, you want to take this one, at least get this read? Um. Craig Olson with a K. Craig Olson. Fun dilemma. Pick four. 
Whaley versus Hawaii. I like it. Ali versus South Alabama. Webb versus Marshall. Bangora versus Central Michigan. Sherrod versus New Mexico. I'm already leaning toward benching Ali, so talk me out of it. Well, hopefully, I, th- I mean, the Bangora thing already played, right? So, I believe, didn't he already play? No, he hasn't played yet. No, so these are, I mean, picking four, I like Whaley at Hawaii, for sure. Yep, um, love, love Whaley. Probably gonna go... Oof. Sherrod yeah, versus New Mexico. Fresno State is projected to score about 40 this yeah. week. So you got to row with Sherrod. He's been on it. Uh, last week, you know, he, he only scored nine. But, you know, he's got go-off potential this week. So Gura versus Central Michigan, yes. And between the other two, those are both tough. Ali versus South Alabama, <laughs> Webb versus Marshall. Um Man, that is tough, but yikes! I might, I might roll with what he's talking, what he's thinking. I'm thinking Webb versus Marshall, probably of the two. South Alabama is another one whose defense can surprise sometimes. Dang, this one is yeah. Tough. That's gonna be that's gonna be yeah. <laughs> this is really tough because Bangura is the one right off the bat that I'd be like, man, bench him because. For most of the season, I've had the impression that Bangora has been a disappointment. But then you go and look at his stats, and you're like, he's been right there performing well for the last couple of weeks. So mm-hmm. maybe he does. Maybe he does get consideration. Man, this is a tough one. It's almost a uh, almost a toss up there, man. I think, like you said, Whaley is definitely the right one to start. Uh, Sherrod probably is a good start. I hate the thought of even benching Webb, but man, that's tough. I'm not going to bench Webb. Um, I, I would come down to Bangora versus Ali. The other three are in for me. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, like I said, I'm, I think I'm rolling with bench and Ali like he's, like he's thinking, to be honest with you. Yeah. As, as I like to say, um, one of the things I keep in mind when I make a decision about, um, about my starters is which one of those guys, if I have them on the bench, am I going to be able to live with if they go off and I lose because I have him on the bench. If you have a guy that you're not overthinking and you have him in your starting lineup and he just doesn't perform well, and a bench guy, your number five guy performs well, hey, it is what it is. But if you bench your number one running back overthinking the matchup, and then he goes off on the bench, that's the kind of thing that like sticks in your in your gut. And you're like, man, that was a dumb move on my part. So I think, Craigelson, one of the things that you need to do is say, which one of these guys are you going to be able to live with being on the bench if he potentially goes off and that and factor that into your decision-making as well. I'll bet another golf round. If you want, if you're going Bangora, I'm going Rasheen Ali. Like he's, he's just, he's so good in terms of like, of, of all these players here, he's probably the, I think easily the, the most talented player of all the ones listed here in this fun dilemma. So uh, I'm rolling with Ali and I'm, I'm you're, benching your freak. Bangora. Yeah, I think I think Bangora is probably who I'd go with too. It's it's interesting too because there's not a defense in there that you're like, oh, this defense is incredible. Every one of those defenses could be could be exploited. So Marshall interesting matchup there. Pause. Marshall's pretty solid. Um yeah, right. I agree. Marshall is 
Marshall can be tough, especially against a, you know, Southern Alabama offense. Like they're, oh, yeah. good. South Alabama still projected to score thirty. Um, but uh, but you've got Webb, who's got fifteen touchdowns on the year. Yeah, South yeah. Alabama's offense is is shockingly solid this year. Like they've got great wide receivers, great running back. They're going to get their points. You know what? I don't like it, but it's fun. And let's bet a golf round again, B. <laughs> All right. You know I'm what? So, so Craig Olson, say Craig Olson. Let us know next week who you decided to go with. We want to know what your uh, what your situation was and if that helped you to win or snatch defeat from the jaws of victory with this uh, decision you had to make here. But man, that's a stacked roster. So, Hopefully, that's uh, not it. Yeah, that's great. Just to keep it correct, you are playing Ali, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm playing Bangora. Yep. Okay. Well, I hope that helps you, Craig, um, because we're both picking <laughs> two different people. So, Matt, you're going to have to be the deciding factor for Craig here. Well, I said, I said, I'm going with, uh, I'm going with Ali and Benjamin Bangora. There you go. So, two on one, Craig. You can start Ali, and uh, if Bangora does better, then haha, I love you. <laughs> i'm just kidding all right all right so that's the one question we got there on the discord now we're gonna roll over to the dfs host battle we uh have been busting on doug for always being the number two and never being the number one but doug has been ripping it up in the dfs host battle myself be and doug every week we'll play a lineup on um on DraftKings and uh it's only picking from games that start between noon and like four o'clock PM on, uh, on Saturdays. And Doug is starting to run away with it. I think Doug, you've won the last two in a row. Doug has got five wins. I've got three. BMAC has got two. Doug, what's it feel like to be the one that's rolling in all that money? I mean, there was never a doubt gentlemen. Never. I got a doubt for you here. Ooh, a pro question. question? <laughs> Go for it, Doug. Y'all trading Debo for Swift. Nada. <laughs> no. 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 Agreed. No. No. All right. Let's go to the host battle then. Next, I'll go first. Let's give it a go. I think, I think real quick, the reason why I do so well at this is because that DFS host battle little jingle there brings me back to my workout days, gets me pumped, even though I don't work out anymore. But <laughs> it's probably why I do so well. Tighten up. All Tighten right. Up. I got Bryson Barnes at quarterback, 7,200, <laughs> Utah at Arizona. And I'm just hoping that, you know, the touchdowns come uh, in masses because I also have Jaquin and Jackson at running back. He's he's kind of cheap, $5,400. Uh, definitely would consider him a sleeper this week at Arizona. Um, and then I'm going to roll with my other running back, Shipley. Clemson's at home against North Carolina. Shipley, you know, had the one week off and came back, had a really good week uh, last week, looked pretty solid. He's at 5,900 at receiver. I'm going, I didn't go heavy this year. I went with Matt's boy, Man Jack the fourth um, at 5,600. 
Give me one of my favorite players that I wish I had on my team, Zachariah Branch, 5,500. I think he's got to break out again at some point. And then really just hoping for a, a, a weird stack touchdown here for Money Parks, who only averages six and a half a game. Man, too heavy on Utah. Anyways, in the flex, I've got Sawchuck, who – um, is starting to kind of take over in terms of carries there at Oklahoma. And then in my super flex, Bo Nix. All right, so Doug, we're going to have you go last since you clearly are the one who knows how to pick the starting, the right starting lineup. So we're going to let them go to the, the, the guy who's probably going to have the winning lineup next. So my lineup, I, uh, I've got Jordan McLeod from James Madison at 8,300 starting at quarterback. I've got Ollie Gordon at uh, running back, even coming off of his uh, terrible game this past week. He's at 8,800. Omarion Hampton from North Carolina at 7,300, which to me seems shockingly low after the last couple of weeks that he's had. Uh, then I'm going to go with my triple stack for the week. I've got Reggie Brown from James Madison. No, a wide receiver who's only at 5,600. Homeboy had 44 points last week, and he's a $5,600 wide receiver. On top of that, I'm going to take Elijah Surratt from James Madison, who had 32 points last week, and he's a $5,500 wide receiver. So there's my triple stack for the week there. I then I'm going to take... I'm going to take Leon Johnson the third from Oklahoma State. I had to save some money. He's only forty eight hundred bucks, but he did have a twelve point one point game last week. Hopefully, he can uh, keep that up. So that's another uh, another double stack there. Even though it's a running back and a wide receiver on the same school, I, a little nervous about that. But you got to go where the money takes you. Uh, my flex again, having to save a ton of money. I took Brenning Stool from Clemson. Um, he had a twelve point seven. Uh, point week last week and then my flex my super flex again I had to save money because i took all those top heavy guys at the top my boy man jack the fourth from houston mm -hmm. at 5600 doug who Yo. do you got in your probable winning lineup for this week all right so matt we're similar at quarterback i took jordan mcleod for jmu i'm going you with copycat. the hot hand Going with the hot hand, top fantasy performer at quarterback the last two weeks. And he plays App State. A um, little bit better defense than he's been playing, but I'm going to roll with the guy that's that's hot right now. Then I'm going Will Shipley at running back. Then I'm going Carson Steele, running back UCLA against USC. Um, I strongly considered him. I strongly considered him this week. Then receiver, Logan Loya, UCLA receiver who seems to be the number one receiver over there, uh, again, against USC. Um, one yeah. of those teams, whoever's playing USC, kind of like Florida right now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick. So, um, And then you've got another receiver, Brennan Presley, Oklahoma State, um, against Houston. I can see that being a lot of scoring. Um, and... Presley is just the cheaper option, and I think he's the number two guy there, but I'm going to roll with him. And then my third receiver is Reggie Brown, James Madison. Only 45 receptions this year, guys, but 903 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, nice. Just a potential, like, couple boom long touchdowns there, I'm hoping for. Yeah. 
and, and again, last week he had 202 yards. So think about that. That's almost what 40% over 40% of his yards came in the last game. Incredible. And then you've got at my flex, I'm rolling with Mario Williams for UC, USC. Um, oh. Gonna gonna roll with Williams. I think they're gonna have to score a little bit to keep up with UCLA, and it's always hard depending on what receiver you want from that team. But I'm gonna roll with Mario, and then my super flex. Hopefully, a bounce back game. He's had a rough couple weeks, but I'm going with Sam Hartman against Wake for my super flex. Very nice. Good lineups. Going to be tough again this week, but that's good. I love it. All right. I'll roll things along here, I guess. Let's get to it. All it's right. So it looks like we are lock. at the brisket lock, the final segment of the week. All right. So last week, let's take a look at our brisket locks from last week. So Doug had Eugene Wilson from Florida. Doug, how'd you feel about Eugene Wilson's performance? Man. I like this guy um, a lot. I would have liked the yards to have been a little bit better, but he, he shows me that he's going to be a guy next year for sure. Um, 15.9 points, which is which is good. Eight targets, six receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown. So I was happy with it. I think um, for where they were, he probably could have got a lot more targets, but it's fine. I mean, I'm, I'm happy with what he did. I think you look at the four brisket locks we had last week, and it's interesting. They all performed in about the same range. Nobody blew up, and nobody completely busted. BMAC, how'd you feel about Jarquez Hunter? Yeah, he was good. Over 100 yards, just didn't get in the end zone. So uh, all his fantasy points, 13 and a half or whatever, came from yards and a couple receptions. So uh, I, I had the double the double lock last week. I had Phil Moffa from Clemson, the running back. Um, he had 17 carries for 96 yards. That in and of itself makes me hesitant to pick Shipley yeah. in any kind of lineup right now because it feels like they're going to be splitting carries because Moffa's been so effective. I feel mm -hmm. like they're going to try to uh, – there's no need for them to go and give Shipley 30 carries because of coming off the injuries. Uh, so Moffa had 12 points, but then he had Jamal Pritchett from South Alabama – who only had three receptions on five targets, but it was 50 yards and two touchdowns. And he actually had the best performance out of all of our brisket locks at 18.5 points. So I felt pretty good about the fact that we gave you guys four guys across the board that probably helped you in a uh, in an RB3 or a wide receiver three or a flex uh, last week from our briskets. So uh, BMAC, why don't you start this week? Who is your brisket lock for this week? I'm going with uh, Marquez Cooper. Um, he's going against Kent State. Uh, this is one of those rare games this year where Ball State's actually projected to score like 27. And uh, normally they're playing from behind, you know, just not as good of a team this year, which has really uh, dampened his ability to put up big numbers like he did last year for Kent State. So going up against his old team, uh, give me Marquez Cooper. Doug, what about you? What's your brisket lock of the week? My brisket lock of the week is Josh Kelly, receiver, Washington State against Colorado. Um, Colorado or Washington State loves to throw the ball, and Colorado loves to let people throw the ball on them. And I mean, Josh Josh Kelly legitimately has had, I think, thirty six 
of his targets came in the last four or five weeks this year. So I'm rolling with Josh Kelly against Colorado. So I only picked the guy that I'm going to pick because he's so low in the rankings this week. Omari and Hampton is at number 32 on the running back rankings. And here's why I picked him. Amari Hampton is currently the number one scoring running back in all of fantasy. Number one. In his last five games, he's had 34.7, 13.6, 33.4, 26.8, 31.6. To me, if he's the number one guy out there, I'm not going to say he's matchup proof because as you saw from last week with Ollie Gordon, he got shut down and running backs always have the opportunity to get shut down. But I feel like he is somebody that you have to start him no matter what. I don't care if you've got three guys in your in our rankings that are the one, two, three, and you've got him at 32. Omarion Hampton has to be in your starting lineup. Has to be. Oof. Has That's to tough. be. That's tough. But uh, we'll see. I think he's got a really tough matchup this week for a Clemson team that looks like they're trying to put it all together at the end of the year here. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Well, I, w I would have said the same thing last week about Duke as well. I feel like Duke was the same kind of squad. So I feel like there's not a whole lot of difference between those two. So that's why I feel kind of good about, uh, about him this week. Maybe he doesn't get 31, but maybe he gets 29. I would just politely. <laughs> disagree i think clemson's defense is far better mm -hmm. especially along the line but we'll see we'll see I, it's uh definitely tough to sit a guy who has been consistent for you all year long you know putting up 20 plus fantasy points per week and uh you probably got him at a great cost absolutely he was a he was a waiver wire pickup in the middle of the season last yep. year all right so uh next week we're talking about championship week BMAC, anything special you want to do for championship week next week? Uh, oh, good question. Um, you know, I don't think so yet. I was about to say we could do like a way too early 2024 rankings, and maybe we could. But dang, with mm. all the portaling and stuff happening and all the recruits and all that, uh, I don't know yet. So we'll see. We'll see. But I could, I could be one over. I could be one over. If I, How about this? Why don't we, why don't we put a call out there to everybody else that's online? Send us your championship game lineups. So BMAC, Doug, if you're in any other leagues, let's take a look next week with the two teams that make it to the championship, whether it's one of our leagues, whether it's a different league. If you send us a championship game lineup for our Wednesday show, we'll take a quick look at it and we'll let you know what we think. How do you, what do you think about that, BMAC? What do you think That's about good. that, Doug? That's what we'll do. So let's put the call. We'll get it out there on Discord. Make sure you send it to us, whether it's on Discord or however you want to get it to us. We will make sure we take a look at it next week. Sounds great. All right, Perfect. fellas, you got anything else? You got anything else for this week? Or can we call this a wrap so we can get on with our days? That's a wrap. That's a wrap, buddy. All right. On behalf of Doug and Brian and myself, this has been the CFBDynasty.com podcast. Thanks a lot for watching. Thanks a lot for listening. See you next time. Thanks, guys. Deuces. Thank you for listening to the CFB Dynasty podcast. Help us out by subscribing on YouTube and reviewing us on your podcast network.